Amen, amen, amen. Today, if I can, just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you guys about blessing God in a hard place. Blessing God in a hard place. Father, we thank you today, Lord God, that you are the greatest of the greatest, God. And we honor you and lift you up, and we, we excite ourselves in light of who you are, God. And so today, breakthrough in this place. Uh, breakthrough in this place because I'm looking for uh, 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 us to have a worship breakthrough in here today, a praise breakthrough, Lord God. Uh, not, not, not merely emotionalism, but, but a break where you, where, you, where you do something in a way that you've never done at this church before. I pray that you would, you know, I don't usually use this language, Lord, but I do believe I want you to take us to the next level in our gatherings, in celebrating you without limit, in blessing you without limit, and honoring you without limit. Men not afraid to lift their hands uh, to close their eyes, to, not, not afraid to, to break out in tears about the goodness and worthiness of the living God. And God, I'm praying for that uh, from this in, unworthy vessel who's made worthy by Jesus Christ. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody agree with that saying? Amen, amen, amen. I, I, I want to ask uh, your forgiveness in advance because I'm hyped today. I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm just going to ask, if I, if, I, if, I, if I offend you, I'm sorry. But, but today, I am exuding with excitement about the goodness of the Lord. Uh, this text has me in a place where I am, I am pushing myself. Uh, you, you know, you, you know I, I, I'm coming back into some of the good traditions of the church. And, 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 and I'm exuding with overwhelming gladness and praise where I'm ready to go running right now. And, and, and there's a phenomenal reason for that is because I am zoomed in and focusing in on the goodness and glory of the living God. Uh, in our worship series, we've been in a worship series and we've talked theologically. Y'all know we do that. We've broken down Hebrew words and Greek words. But, 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 but today, I, I, I don't want to teach today. If, if, if you don't mind, I, I teach a whole bunch. But, but, but today, I just want to preach today. But, but, but what I'm going to need today is I'm going to need some help from God's people. Because if you help me preach it, I'll have you, I'll have you a little something, something, and get out your way by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because I feel the Holy Ghost already moving in this place. Now, I, 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 so, so, so in advance, I'm just letting you know, excuse me if the volume gets too loud. Excuse me if my feet get to moving. Excuse me if I get to sweating real hard. Because today, I am determined that I'm going to bless the Lord today. I'm determined today that no matter how it looks... No matter how I feel and no matter how much I'm going through, that I'm going to lift up the name of the Lord. And so, so we've been in a worship series. Y'all, y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Y'all going to make me jump out the window real quick. We, we've been, we've been in a series. We've been in a series on worship. We've been in a series on worship, and 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 we've been we we've talked about identity in worship, how how Jesus Christ has bought us by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, and has taken us from spiritual death to spiritual life. Now, therefore, giving us the identity as worshipers. Somebody say worshiper. 
Therefore, you no longer just worship any old thing or any old body. You worship the living God. In other words, the blood of Christ is your ID card of the fact that you're in a relationship with God. If, if anybody ever asks you, uh, 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 who are you, and asks you for, for your identification, you just tell them, I'm covered in the blood. Being covered in the blood just recognizes that it's the ID card of the fact that you're in a relationship with God. Because of the blood of Jesus, God no longer sees you. He only sees his son. So in him, we're in his identity. We're in his identity. Just help me, Holy Ghost. I feel a quickening in my spirit right now. Identity, identity. We're identity. Jesus said the true worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. That means worshiping comes out of being a worshiper because worshiper is a noun. And, 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 and that points to the fact that you're defined by that a, a, a noun is a person, place, or thing. And you're not a thing and you're not a place, but you are a person. And ultimately, because you're a worshiper, you worship a person. So you who are persons worship the person of the living God. And so, and so we, we have an identity. But, but not only do we have an identity, you, you can't just say you're a worshiper. Because God has bought us with a price, now we have to have a lifestyle of worship. Y'all think I'm not in the Bible anymore. The Bible said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, that's just reasonable, reasonable service of worship. That means your life is marked by identifying with Jesus Christ and taking up your cross daily and going through whatever God allows you to go through. But no matter what you go through, you say, God, I'm a living sacrifice. Why? I'm holy because of Jesus. Why? Because he's been too good to me. And therefore, I can't help but to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're not going to stop there because some of y'all like uh, the theological upper echelons of, uh, of Greek and Hebrew, and y'all like me to parse verse. But, but now we're going to take a turn, and we're going we're gonna to put the car in fifth gear today. Day. Wish I had some help. We're going to go from talking about having an identity theologically to walking in a lifestyle theologically to now living theologically by expressing ourselves. It's no way in the world you can be caught by the blood and saved by the blood and not express yourself to God. Listen, if you, it, listen, it, it only entitled people to think they earned something and think that they got it on their own. See, those are the ones that can sit around with their hands all up under their feet. But if you think back to how bad you were and how trifling you were and how left field of the kingdom you were, then you'd recognize that, it, if, that you didn't get yourself in that place. It was God that saved you. It was God that took care of you. You. It was God that was looking out for you. It was God that was walking with you. It was God. Oh, God, help me today. And so today, I just want us to have some good old-fashioned, old-school, uh, 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 leaking the ceiling, buckets on the floor. Woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus-type worship. I, I ain't trying to make nobody mad today, but I'm just thankful for his goodness. I'm thankful for his grace. I'm thankful that he's been good to me. Oh, not, not, oh, let me get, let me get here. Let me get here to the text. Oh, God, help me. Help me today. Help me today. A worship, worship, we remember definition-wise is to comprehensively identify oneself with the true and living God. To identify. Somebody say Identify. Identify yourself with the true and living God. And so, and, and so, and so we see that, 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 that we identify with the true living God through identity, a lifestyle, and expression. And so we come to a book of the Bible, probably one of the most, to me, prolific books in the Bible. Because many call this book of the Bible the Acts of the Apostles. But, 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 but I beg to differ with the scholarship of that opinion. 
Because if you really look at the text, you will see that there are no acts of the apostles without no acts of the Holy Ghost. Wish I had some help. See, 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 the acts of the Holy Ghost is what empowers the acts of the apostles to actually be actions. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if, if there is no commissioner to put the players on the court and to get them jerseys, I don't care how many skills you are. Unless, unless there has been a sanction put out there, there will be no players on the court. Just like it wouldn't be no players on the court, it wouldn't be no players on life if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost. And so we see that the acts of the Holy Ghost, y'all don't believe me, in chapter 1 of the Jesus Christ, passes the baton to the Holy Ghost as the as the actor of the Trinity who was going to be active on earth now first God the Father was active and then God the Son took the baton and became active and now on behalf of God the Spirit on, on, on a Godhead who simultaneously exists don't get scared I'm not a modalist saying one became the other all of them simultaneously exist that's why one can pass the baton the other because they simultaneously exist that was a little theology let's get back to preaching right here right here in the text we see that the Holy Ghost by his power is now about to come and so we see in chapter 2 that the Holy Ghost comes and makes the church a reality now in chapter uh, in chapter 3 the Holy Spirit heals in chapter 4 the Holy Spirit gives boldness to preach in chapter 5 the Holy Spirit disciples uh, 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 disciples God's people it, it, it uh, disciplines God's people in chapter 6 the Holy Spirit organizes God's people in chapter 7 the Holy Spirit strengthens a martyr in chapter 8 the Spirit leads the church out of its comfort zone. Oh, I wish I could park there. I got to keep going. But yeah, some of us need to come out of our comfort zone. That's why the Holy Ghost is here. I'm going to keep going because I feel like preaching today. Ch chapter, chapter 9, the Spirit saves one of the worst sinners. In chapter 10, the Spirit pushes the church out of its ethnic and cultural comfort zone. In chapter 12, the Spirit delivers Peter from unjust persecution. You missed your shout time. For, uh, chapter 13, the Spirit leads a multi-ethnic church to commission a multicultural and majority cultural missionary. In chapter 14, the Spirit sparks a church planting movement. You ain't shouting yet. Chapter 15, the Spirit breaks the church's elitism. And in chapter 16, the church appoints through the Holy Spirit minority leadership. And now we come to this text. We come to a text right now where we see God moving in power and shaking up things because Paul has just took his young bull, Timothy, and he's copped him on his team, half Greek, half Jew, single parent home, youngin. You know what I'm saying? Theologically trained in the household by his mama and his grandmama. Park there. Some of y'all don't worry about it if your dad forsook you because God will overappoint some stuff in your life in the place of where you are in order to lift you out of the gutter, lift you out of the mess. Listen, listen to that teaching. Get all that. I got to keep going. And so the rest of the chapter, it, they, they go into Philippi, and then we begin seeing the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of the gospel to save and transform people from spiritual infancy, I mean, spiritual death to spiritual life. We see Lydia. Lydia is a fly girl from downtown Philippi. She lives in Center City in a loft downtown, and she walks to coffee shops and eats at Italian restaurants, and she judges places, but she has boutiques all over Philippi, because the Bible said she was a fashion designer. Uh, she she was a fast in Easter. She's probably better than uh, uh, Sean John. She's probably better than Ann Taylor and all of them put together. She's probably better than Polo and all that. She has some fly gear. But she was a God-fearer, but she wasn't a God-knower. And so Paul went there, and they preached the gospel. And a person that was a fashion Easter that was wearing stiletto pumps and fly hairdos going to get her hair done every single week, night outfits and everything, jewelry and everything, trusted Christ and used the prowess of her financial resources as a young professional 
in a, in a massive city. I wish I had some help there. That they, instead of using this stuff for their own freedom, she began using it for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish I could park right there, but I'm trying to get to the text that we're in. But I'm just going to let you know today, some of y'all, God has blessed you, not for you to just be fly, but for you to show off his glory through building up his kingdom. I got to keep moving. Next, we see a slave girl. I wish I had an organ and put me in B flat right now. But, 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 but the next girl right here, she, she's a slave girl. It will be equal to our slave trade today, uh, uh, sex slavery. She was a slave, and one day Paul got sick of her following and behind of them, uh, proclaiming the gospel for them. And so he said, you spirit, uh, evil spirit, come out of her in the name of Jesus. The spirit came out. The men got mad, and then they told the magistrates. They didn't tell them they had a slave girl, but they did tell them that they were coming against their laws. And so what happened, <coughs> Paul, and bon, uh, Paul and Silas got arrested. When Paul and Silas got arrested, they got their behinds handed to them. They got uh, brutally beat. Now, I know today, if you get arrested, the police can't just beat you. But back then, the police could beat you and they can video it all they want. They'll stand up and say, yeah, I did it. And the magistrates will say, it's all right. But back then, they could kick your butt for nothing. And they were thrown in the prison, which brings us to verse 24. It says in verse 24, it says, it says, and when, uh, it says, having received this order, he put them in the inner prison. Somebody say inner prison. And fastened their feet to the stocks. I, 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 this, is, this, is, this is crazy right here. Now, you got to recognize that this is, not, this is not Western American prison. This, this ain't our prison system that's been set up. This is a prison system that was extremely bad and worse in the world. They did not have uh, bathrooms. They... They, 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 they did not have showers. As a matter of fact, many of the prisons were created underground. Like on Batman, if you saw Batman, the last John, that was really how a lot of prisons were. And really the prisoners were left many times to fend for themselves while they were yet in prison. And many times they would put uh, uh, prison guards down in there. And, 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 and what would happen is, is there would be defecation everywhere. There would be, there would be I mean, cats sweaty and, and not being able to change their clothes. And so they had to defecate all around them. And it was dark down there. They didn't have any type of light down there. That's why later you'll see him say, let's turn on the lights. They were, it was dark, it was dirty, and it was a low and trifling place. But the, the Bible says that they were in the inner prison. Now, now, being in the inner prison, that meant that they were in the lowest part of the prison, uh, based on the background information, that they're in the lowest part of the prison where they put Somebody going to come. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, of uh, the lowest part of the prison. And when they were in the lowest part of the prison, they, they shackled them. They put them in the stocks, which means they locked them up against the wall. And they locked them up against the wall. Usually they lock the worst prisoners up against the wall so that they can uh, torture them because they wouldn't able, be able to sleep well. They would have to use the bathroom standing where they are up against the wall. So, uh, and so Paul and Silas are in darkness. They're in a stench. And, 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 and they're in a very, very difficult situation uh, that, that was not their fault. How many of you know some of your low places can be a place that was put in not by your sin but something that wasn't your fault? Wish I had some help. But, 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 when, but, when, but, but if you listen out in the text and you let the soundtrack of the Bible just come out like it's supposed to, I, I, I don't hear moaning and groaning down here. Wish I had some help. I don't hear cussing and fussing, saying, God, why did you let this happen to me? I've been living for you. I've been walking with you. I deserve to not be in this circumstance. I deserve to not be in this situation. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that about midnight, Oh, my God. 
at about midnight. At about midnight. Midnight is the darkest point because there was the only light that would come down in there is the light from the sun that would shine down in there, but it couldn't shine throughout all the prison. In other words, they were in pitch darkness, and because they were in the lower part, the feces and the urine would come down and run to the bottom of the prison. So they're locked up against the wall in dirty clothes, and they're bleeding from getting their behinds whooped, and they're standing up against a wall that's uncomfortable, and they're locked to it, and they're being tortured, but they're not complaining. The Bible says that about midnight, they, I don't know what happened before midnight. I don't know if they were angry before midnight. I don't know if they were tears. But at some point in their lowest point, they decided, they decided that they're going to make a transition in their disposition in their lowest place. Listen, you got to make a decision where you stand. They come hella hot water. I'm going to make a turn in where I am. God gives you the grace through the transformational power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to say at the darkest point of my life, at the worst point of my life, in the most painful point of my life, I'm going to turn my head to heaven. I wish I had somebody in this place today that would help a preacher out. You need to turn your head to heaven. I'm going crazy today. I know I'm usually just teaching theologically, but I just got to preach it like I see it. And as I look in the text, the Bible says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns unto God. <laughs> oh God, I'm about to jump over the pulpit. Help me, Father God. At about midnight, this, this is interesting to me. The reason why this is interesting to me is because Paul is functionally living out what he's going to write later in Philippians chapter 4, uh, the verses, verses 8, 9, 10, and on to the rest of the chapter. He says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That means peace. Sometimes God's peace, you don't even understand it. It'll just flood your soul all of a sudden. And you're like, I want to feel bad, but there's something that's happening on the inside of me that's not allowing me to be in the place that I'm in. Oh, I wish I was talking to somebody today that some of you are in a place where you just need to allow the peace of of God to just cool over your soul like cooling waters and, 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 and it says it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus in other words it'll guard your heart from bitterness and it'll guard your mind from hatred why because the peace of God is a shield and a bulwark and a protection for those who say in the midst of where I am I demand my soul to reach out and I'm gonna grab hold of God no matter what I gotta keep going but Paul and, Paul, and Paul and Barnabas started praying. Now, if I can get a little technical for one second, it, it's, it's, in a, it's in a present middle participle, praying. Present means it's, they're presently doing it. Are you checking with me? Middle means uh, it's reflexive, meaning it's a decision of the will. It, it means that even in the midst, it's not a passive meaning it's happening to them, but, but, but they're deciding for themselves that their lowest place won't be their worst place. Help me, God, today. Let me help me, God, today. Listen, listen, in the midst of it, you got to decide that you're going to bless the Lord. You, you got to decide at some point that you're going to shut your mouth and stop complaining. Yeah, we preached on lamentations, but God gets you to a point where it's time now to come up out of it, and it's time to stop complaining, being cussing, and cussing folk out and being angry with God. Talk to him. 
says they prayed. Participle means it's a verbal adjective, meaning it's a description of who they were even in the midst of the prison. Oh, help me, God. Listen, the prison didn't define them. Somebody going to catch that on the way home. You missed your time to shout. Right there, you, you should have been on your feet, hands lifted. I'm going to say that one more time. The prison doesn't define you. You missed your time to shout again. Let me tell you one thing. Where you are and how low you get doesn't define you because it's an identity. It calls for a lifestyle which leads to an yeah, yeah, you getting it, you getting it, you getting it. And so they began to pray. What, what in the world could they have prayed in that place? Well, everybody in the Bible usually used the form of prayer. They didn't just cry for help because this was worshipful prayer. So that means they probably used Jesus' format for prayer, adoration and praise. They, they started, Paul, I don't, Paul and Silas are next to each other. They're in pain. They're bleeding. They're urinating on themselves because they have nowhere else to go. They, you wasn't going to hold it. You just had to, you had to pull it down and you had to go. And then in the midst of your stench, wish I had some help. In the midst of the stench of others, they made a decision in the bathroom of their mess that they were going to bless the Lord. And they went adoration in place. God of heaven, we bless you today. We know we're in this prison. We know we're in this pain. But we bless you. Your majesty is great. Your mercy. Is, can you imagine if where you are, you would just make a doggone decision to open up your mouth and adore the Lord? Oh, God, help me on today. Adoration and praise and a confession and repentance. Started confessing their sins. Talking about, God, forgive me for my attitude just now. I don't know what was wrong with me, God. Forgive me for allowing myself to get into this. And then how dare me to act like I'm mad at you? How dare you to, how dare me to act like I, I don't deserve. Listen, if Jesus could have suffered, I can suffer too. Bless the Lord. Bless it. So they began adoring the Lord and confessing their sin. But then they went from there. And they began supplication and petition to the Lord and asking the Lord for different things. But then it says they didn't stay there. They started singing some hymns. Oh, my goodness. Now, you got to understand the type of hymns that they sang. They didn't sing the type of hymns that we sang today with vamps that stir your emotions. So, you know what I'm saying? This is what they sang. Paul, Paul actually added some of them under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the corpus of Scripture. One of them is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 11. It said, who, though he was uh, in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. That's what they're singing. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in the form, in a human form. He humbled himself. See, they began singing songs that encouraged them to walk in the gospel. I wish I had some help right there. I'm so glad that they didn't allow themselves in that circumstance to stop taking their focus off Jesus, but they sang songs that kept their focus on Jesus. Some of you need to learn how to keep your focus on Jesus and keep your mind on Jesus and keep your directives on Jesus. Not only that, Colossians 1, 15 through 20, it says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation, for by him all things, somebody say all things, were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. I like that. That they began to sing theology in the midst of a prison, in the midst of a difficult situation. Not only that, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it says, he himself is our peace. That's helpful. That's helpful. Those are New Testament hymns that the church wrote. 
to bless and honor the name of the living God. And, and, and so they utilize those hymns to encourage themselves. But I know some of y'all are looking at me funny. I don't know those songs, so maybe I can make up some songs and see if we know these. Some, maybe, maybe in your circumstance, you need to say, salvation belongs to our God. You can sing that thing. Who sits upon the throne. Maybe that don't get you. Jesus at the center of it all. Maybe that don't get you. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing that I ever done. Y'all looking funny at me still. Indescribable, untamable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing God, incomparable, unchangeable. You see the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. You are amazing God. Somebody today needs to grab a song and have it in their soul, and you tuck that song away for the darkest hours of your life. But, but some of y'all say, them, 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 before, them after my time, baby. I don't know none of them new worship, CCM a thing of us, baby. I don't know none of that. Well, we can say, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. Yeah. I know it was the blood. What? For me. One day when I was lost, he died up on the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Listen, you better get it. But maybe that's too deep for you. I woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. I wish I had some help. Stayed on Jesus. In other words, you gotta be you gotta be in a place where you're willing to put your heart and soul into singing to the Lord, even though you don't feel like it. But maybe that don't get you. Maybe you just need to just remind yourself of the power of God and there's a power to not allow anything to happen to you. And you may go, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work. God will do what he said he will do. He's not a man that he should lie. He will come through. God will do what he said he'd do. He's not a man that he should lie. Oh, God, I got to keep going. But I feel like closing right there. I got 11 minutes and 32 seconds. I'm going to use it all up to the glory of God. But, but, but sometimes I just got to make it personal. You just got to recognize that they begin singing hymns and singing praises unto God, which leads us to six little things. And I promise I'm just going to name them and get out your way. I'm too excited. I can't keep preaching like this. Verse one, I mean, number one, you can praise God from a dark place. Why? Because they were in darkness. Number two, you can praise God in your dirtiest place. Oh, God, let me pause right there. They were in a dirty place. Some of y'all depressed. Some of y'all are in pain. Some of you, right there where you are in your most trifling, nasty, filthy. Listen, your filth don't surprise God. Your filth don't surprise God. He's seen worse than you. He's seen all of it and seen everything you can actually do and potentially do. But you need to praise him from your dirty place. I'm going to keep going because I know y'all sick of me. Number three, you praise God in the midst of your painful place. They were locked up against the wall being tortured, but they decided that they weren't going to let the pain of their circumstances shackle the praise that they want to give to the living God. I got to keep going. You can praise God even when people don't recognize and God is using you for them. Right up in there in the prison, the Bible says and the prisoners were listening to them. Right there in the, oh, let me stop right there. Help me, God. Listen, 
sometimes in the midst of your stuff, when you in the same type of stuff somebody else in, if you praise God and honor his name in the midst of it, it may encourage somebody else that's in the midst of it as well. Why? Because your identity makes you different, your lifestyle makes you different, and your expression all show his, shows him off. Listen to me. While you're in the midst of it, you need to learn how to say, God, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to bless your holy name from where I am. Can you imagine if right where you are, you decided that you were going to give him the honor and glory and praise no matter what? No matter what anybody else say, somebody going to tell you to be quiet, ask blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says that when he heard that Jesus was nearby, wish I had some help right there. When he, he just heard that Jesus was nearby, forgive me for hollering, but I'm just having a good time. He heard that Jesus was nearby and they tried to hush him. But my Bible says, I don't know about yours, that, that, that them holding him back made him bless God even more. And Jesus saw him in his circumstance. And Jesus went over there and said, what can I do for you? Some of y'all need to praise a little louder. Because God might be nearby you right now. And he may be saying, if they're going to praise me through this, if they're going to walk with me through this, I'm just going to have a, a special show up today. And I'm just going to say, what can I do for you? What do you need from your Lord today? Why? Because you decided to bless him, not to necessarily get out of your circumstance, but just because. Oh, the, the text didn't say that Paul and them were trying to get out. They just decided that while they were in it, they were going to bless him. But guess what happens? The Bible says an earthquake came. Look at the text. <coughs> Paul wasn't necessarily looking for deliverance from it. He was looking for deliverance while he was in it. Let me see if I can make it plain. The psalmist says in Psalm 4.1, thou hast delivered me in my distress. Oh, my God. I wish I had a few more minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, in, in, in other words, help me, God, today. He didn't get, the, the psalmist didn't get delivered out of his distress, but he got a sense of deliverance in the midst of it. That means that God can make you feel delivered even though you're not delivered. <laughs> wow! He can make you feel delivered even though you're not delivered. But let me tell you, the story ain't over. Because every now and then, he won't just deliver your soul. He'll deliver you out of the circumstance. While they were minding their business, blessing the name of God, lifting up hands, and praying them in a dark place, in a messy place, in a stinky place, in a place where they were bound, God decided that he was going to show up. Now you got to know geographically in the text, earthquakes were normal here. But this earthquake was different than other earthquakes. This earthquake was crazy because it, if they were underground, they, there was no cave-in on anybody. So this was an assigned earthquake. Wish I had. Help right there. It was an assigned earthquake that was divinely designed to let people know that in the midst of the praise, God has showed up. Oh, you missed your shouting moment right there. In the midst of your praise, God just said, you know, I can't help it no more because I'm near to the brokenhearted and to those who are crushed in spirit. And because their spirit is crushed, I'm going to go on near them and I'm going to hang out with them and I'm going to show up physically. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to shake up where they are so that they'll know that I'm present. But not only am I going to shake them up, I'm going to loose them free. Help me, God. 
It says in there, all of their bands and their bonds were loose. I like that because that shows you that it was a supernatural earthquake, not just a natural disaster. Every now and then, God will have something happen supernaturally to quake your life, just to shake you just up enough, just to loose you from what you connected to. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but the blood of Christ is valuable and worthy to take you out of where you are. I told y'all, please forgive me. I'm just excited today that the God of heaven is responsive to the praise of his people. Some of y'all are going to learn in five minutes. If I had about 55 people right now, that I say, I mean, you may not even be in nothing, but guess what? You're in three phases. You're either going in, you're coming out, or you're in it right now. But you don't have to wait till the battle is over. You can shout. You can shout. Ah, you can shout. You can bless them right where you are. I wish I had about 20 men, 20 men right now that says, I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care where I am. I ain't no sucker. God has been too good to me. God has been too powerful. And I'm going to open. I wish I had some men. I know this seems charismatic. No, it's your identity, your lifestyle, and your expression. I wish somebody right now would decide against their will that I'm going to lift up the God of heaven. I'm going to give him the fruit of my lips. He's good. Somebody should say today, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Whoa! No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I ain't going to turn back because he's been too good. Woo! I wish somebody would decide today that it ain't enough. No matter of fact, if you don't like this, you ain't going to like heaven because it's going to be crazier than this. It's going to be it's going to be turned up like a mug up in some heaven. You might as well turn it up now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wanted to give you some exegesis, but every now and then you just need to celebrate his goodness. Woo! Every now and then you just need to, you just need to say, God, no matter where I am, I'm making a decision to follow you. I'm making a decision that I'm going to live for you. I'm making a decision that every time something happens, I'm coming. I'm coming to glory, God. I'm lifting my hands, God. I'm opening my mouth. And I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to bless your name. Hallelujah. Lord, have mercy. I'm trying to stop. I had some more exegetical work to do, but, but he's been too good. He's been too good. He's been too good. 
He's worthy, worthy, worthy of all praise and glory. Oh my God, I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Help me, Spirit of God, today. I, uh, we are just for you, God, today. Right in the midst of your prison, you bless his name. Right in the midst of your brokenness, you bless his name. Right in the midst of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. You decide for yourself, way down in your sanctified soul, that you, no matter how tired you are, Christ was tired on the cross. How dare you? Bless his name. He was suffocating on the cross. Bless his name. He was bleeding on the cross. Bless his name. He was getting splitters in his back for you and me. Bless his name. He was thirsty. But guess what, he, guess what we should do? We should bless his name. He remembered scripture. He remembered you. Bless his name. He was stapled to a cross. Bless his holy name. I'm trying to stop. I got to preach tomorrow. I'm going to lose my voice. Bless his name. <laughs> oh, God, we love you today. We love you today, God. We love you today. Some of y'all had some assignments on your life, and God was good enough to deassign them. I wish I had some help right there. There's some stuff that should have been for you that God said, I'm going to loose you right out of. Some of y'all were on drugs. Some of y'all were suicidal. Some of y'all were raped. Some of y'all were molested. Some of y'all, your family left you. But God still met you in the midst of where you are. Some of y'all, when you became a Christian, people stopped walking with you and talking with you. But there's one who will never, ever, 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 ever stop walking with you and talking with you. He loves identifying with people who are broken. He always likes identifying with people who need him because he's good. Bless his name. Woo. Somebody say, God, I've made some sacrifices for you. He sees them. He sees them. But don't act like they're better than his for you. So I pray today as a church, we would learn how to celebrate the Lord and stop calling it emotionalism. I wish somebody would. What happened when Makai said that to David? Michael said that, listen, we as a church, I'm praying that we don't have an entitlement mentality. But we learn how to bless God for his generosity towards us. And fellas, I don't care how cool you are. I don't care how cool you are. You ain't cool enough to act like God ain't been good. As a matter of fact, in the kingdom, it ain't cool to be cool that God ain't done nothing for you. In the kingdom, it's really, really cool when men don't see worship as feminine. I'm trying to move. But, but, but I'm just letting you know right now that this is where we're going. So don't come up to me asking me, is this where the church is going? We should have been here a long time ago, blessing the name of God. It, it's about lifting him up, but we do it through identity and we do it through lifestyle. But we're not suckers, so we do it through expression. And so let's get ready. We're going to be a turned up church for a high lifted God. And as we get turned up, we're going to turn up the volume. And guess what? 
when the people of God decide that they're going to bless God, people get saved. The Philippian jailer, after he saw them in their circumstances, said, what must I do? I don't know what y'all Negroes got. Y'all got some. What in the, how in the world? I, now, I'm the guard, and, you ha, and I work here, and I don't like working here. But I have a better, you have a better disposition for me because I choose to be here, but you have to be here. And your disposition towards being here is, and, 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 and you being having to be here is, a, is blessing me right now. Listen, worship of God's people and zooming in on God is countercultural and strange. Sometimes relevance is going against the grain. Whites, blacks, Asians, Africans. Europeans, Australians, all in one place. And all of us saying, we're going to put our hands up together because we're going to reflect what heaven is because God has blessed the Pivony Fellowship to have heaven right in here. And I just pray, my prayer is, and I know it's the prayers of these men as well, that we will be an authentic church where we believe God for stuff to happen. That we believe that the power of God is actually able. We don't have to apologize for praying for somebody to be healed. I'm sick of that. We don't have to apologize if God gives somebody a word of knowledge to speak over somebody based on the scriptures. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully and hold to that which is good. I want to see drug addicts continue to get free. Through worship, I want to continue to see through the gospel. Dads who have been left field and deadbeat coming back home. I want to see through the gospel, through the gospel now, homosexuals and fornicators. Fornicating heterosexuals and fornicating homosexuals say, I, I come to Jesus and I deliver my all to him. I don't know what this is going to mean for my life. I don't know what it's going, but all I know is, is I want to give my life to him. That I want to give my life fully over to him. How do you give your life over to him? By repenting of your sin and turning to his death and resurrection by faith. And God made him who knew no sin become sin on your behalf. And God, instead of pouring his wrath out on us in hell forever, decided to pour his wrath out on Jesus out on Jesus on the cross, and Jesus Christ did in six hours what it would have taken us an eternity to do in hell.